solemnly swear that you will faithfully and impartially perform the duties incumbent upon you as a member of the school committee to the best of your ability, so help you God. I do. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> Time being 7 p.m., I call the order. Call to order the November 14, 2023, school committee meeting. Meetings are recorded by Franklin TV and shown on Comcast Channel 11 and Verizon Channel 29, as well as recorded by Franklin Matters. Any individual who also wishes to record this meeting must notify the chair in accordance with the Massachusetts General Law, Chapter 38, Section 20F. The first order of business is our pledge students, and tonight we are excited to welcome some Franklin High School students. As I call your names, I ask that you stand up and head to the microphone, um, but just wait until I call your name so we can identify who's who, okay? All right, so uh, these uh, students are from the FHS Student Government, and we're excited to welcome Julia Atwood, Grace Tessieri, Tonight, Darby Nicholson, Noah Gorgas, and Carrie Lowden. Franklin High School student government officers, peer leaders, are compassionate, responsible students who choose to lead their peers. They have been instrumental in getting our school year off the ground and on the right foot. They began the year celebrating the 155th year of a public high school opening their doors in Franklin, Massachusetts with great success. Every day they organize warning messages that are shared by students during our advisory periods. Our homecoming celebration and dance was the most well-attended dance in the last four years with fantastic feedback. We look forward to working with them as they put together, uh, put together a plan for an upcoming fall pep rally. So Julia, Grace, Darby, Noah, and Carrie Madeline, along with their classmates, have set the successful tone that the beginning of the year, uh, for the beginning of the year and how it's been. The climate of a school is directly connected to the student government leaders. FHS is lucky to have a tremendous collection of students that you see before you and who are interested in making the school better every single day. So thank you, welcome, and uh, please lead us in the pledge. <coughs> I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. As is customary, we will pause for a moment of silence. Thank you. Before we move on to our first order of business, we wanted to just give the student government students a chance at the beginning to share briefly uh, a, a little bit of information that they've prepared for the school committee and the community regarding their work. Um, over the past few months and looking into the future, our main goal this year is to try to increase school spirit. We found um, decorating the school at the beginning of the year was an awesome way to spark school spirit. And with our club fair and homecoming events, we've seen a lot of school pride. 
Uh, right now we are planning our fall pep rally and we're trying something new this year. We assigned a different stairwell for each class to decorate on a certain color for Spirit Week. We just finished the decorations today and we're looking forward to everyone's school participation in our Spirit Week starting tomorrow. For general student issues, one of our committees is focused on improving conditions of our school bathrooms and work on anti-vaping posters. This initiative is in partnership with some of our school clubs and FHS administration in order to keep as many bathrooms open for use. Some of our future plans include hosting a spring event such as FHS fair, movie night, or powder puff events, along with another pep rally and spirit week in the spring to look forward to. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Our next order of business. As you all may know, we recently had an election and we're excited to welcome four new members to our school committee and welcome the return of three of our existing members. So congratulations to Aaron Gallagher, Ruthann O'Sullivan, Paul Griffith, and KP Sampali. Uh, the next order of business is to select a chairperson for the school committee. So I'll now entertain a nomination for school committee chair. I move to nominate Dave Callahan for chair of the Franklin Public School Committee. Are there any other nominations? Seeing none, all those in favor of electing Dave Callahan to serve as the chair of the Franklin School Committee, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? The motion carries. Okay, so the superintendent now gives the <laughs> Gavel and the rest of the meeting to the chair to elect a vice chair. Congratulations, Katie. Thank you very much. And you're doing a fantastic job. <laughs> a nomination for vice chair of the school committee. Is there a motion? Yep. So I uh, nominate Dave uh, Rippiel. Terrific. And is there a second? I'll second. Are there any other nominations? All right. Uh, seeing none, the vote will come on a, uh, uh, will come for the nomination. All those in favor of Dave McNeil as vice chair, please say aye. 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 Any opposed? Right. Motion carries. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. chairs today. <laughs> uh, we'll kind of just jump right into routine business. Uh, review of agenda. Did everything look good? All right, uh, payment of bills. I had to review the warrants. Those look good. Uh, payroll, Vice Chair McNeil. Payroll is in order. All right, so uh, I'll throw it over to the FHS student representatives. Uh, good evening, everyone. My name is Ahan Shetty. I'm the class president of the class of 2024 at Franklin High School. Uh, to give some updates on the whole school, uh, currently the Franklin High School Theater Company is producing uh, Legally Blonde, and that's being performed on November 17th, November 19th, 
uh, at 7.30 p.m. Um, and 2 p.m. on Sunday. You can get your tickets online, and they're still available, but they're selling out fast. Um, as I said before, student government is organizing Spirit Week, which is actually starting tomorrow. <coughs> Wednesday is Birkenstocks versus Crocs Day. Thursday is Barbecue Dad versus Soccer Moms. Friday is Sports Day. Um, Monday, you can either dress up, so like in suits, or you can dress down in pajamas. And Tuesday is Color Block Day, and each grade has a respective um, color that they're supposed to wear for the day. There's also the day of the pep rally, so each grade will be color coordinated and build class spirit. Uh, any students that are interested in participating in the pep rally can check their Google Classroom page for more information. Uh, the pep rally is next Tuesday, last period, right before we had the Thanksgiving break. Always a lot of fun. And uh, the Franklin High School Band concert is on December 5th um, at 7 p.m. And the chorus and orchestra concert is on December 7th at 7 p.m. Hey everyone, I'm Sid and I'm the class of 2024 Vice President. Um, first, I wanted to give some updates about the sports at Franklin High School. Um, these are our final weeks of fall sports at Franklin High School and winter sports are obviously coming up. Um, so winter sports registrations open until November 19th on Family ID. Um, and tryouts and winter sports will begin right after Thanksgiving break on the 27th of November. Um, we have two huge uh, semifinal games tomorrow. Our field hockey team plays Walpole in Taunton at 5 o'clock and our volleyball team plays Barnstable tomorrow at 5, uh, 6.30 at all of, all of our aims. Both are huge games. They have implications for a state title on the line. Um, so I know there's going to be huge support from the FHS community there. Um, we want to congratulate FHS Cheer for finishing first at the MSAA South Regional Championship this past weekend. Um, and then boys and girls soccer ended their seasons last week in their quarterfinal losses. Um, we wanted to congratulate them on their great seasons and they were also hot champs respectively. Um, this coming Tuesday, um, Tuesday night at Fenway at 7.30, our football team will take on KP in their annual Thanksgiving game, so that should be a lot of fun to watch. Um, to give some updates about the class of 2024, um, our senior banquet is scheduled for April 5th, 2024 at Lake Pearl. Graduation still set for May 31st. And a lot of students have now completed their early action colleges, um, and they might be in the process of working on their regular decisions now. Um, as for the class of 2025, they're currently holding a calendar fundraiser where each calendar is sold for $25. Um, all these calendars must be sold by November 30th, and students that sell more than 10 calendars get a free prom ticket. And speaking of prom, their prom will be on May 3rd, 2024. All right, thank you guys both uh, very much. I'll open the floor if there's any questions, comments. Just one quick comment. Uh, is there a friendly superintendent bet against Barnstable? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, King Philip, there's a there's a friendly uh, not not against uh, Barnstable in that case, uh, but for the for the Thanksgiving game, um, the superintendent and King Philip and I have been discussing what would be uh, what would be a good wager that's above board and ethical. Uh, <laughs> so we, we've been texting back and forth on what that could be. We're open to suggestions. All right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to the Fenway game, and uh, thank you both very much. Thank you. Thank you. The former chair would say, "Go and get some ice cream." <laughs> <laughs> A little bit cold for that, but. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
All right, uh, then we'll move on to the superintendent's report. Good evening, everyone. Um, just to start our update, Tuesday, November 7th, we held a full day professional development day for staff focused on deepening our collective understanding of UDL with a focus on student engagement. Our staff also learned about the new IEP and SEI strategies uh, that support multilingual learners. Uh, the K-5 literacy curriculum and more. The educators were provided time to collaborate with grade level and course select partners, and we offered training for our new teacher mentors as well. I want to thank the Office of Teaching Learning for organizing the professional learning opportunities on that day. At MASC, MASS Joint Conference took place. Uh, that's the Massachusetts Association of School Committees and the Massachusetts Association of School Superintendents. It's a joint conference that they host every year. It took place from November 8th to the 10th. And I was able to attend uh, two of the days and was joined by your school committee representative, Al Charles, and also Aaron Gallagher participated in one of the days as well, a new school committee member. In addition to over 60 panels and sessions, uh, the event featured keynote speakers from the, the Department of Ed Commissioner, Jeff Riley, uh, the Massachusetts Secretary of Education, Patrick Tutwiler, and uh, on many local and regional districts have presented on a variety of topics as well. Uh, newcomer update, as we previously shared with our community, the town of Franklin is one of the communities where families are placed in the Franklin Hotel for long-term temporary housing. And by the end of this week, we anticipate having 56 school-aged children across all levels. Uh, as with any student who enrolls in Franklin Public Schools, we must protect student privacies, but as a public school district, we're responsible for providing education and educational services for all children in our community, regardless of their background and circumstances. They recently, uh, the recently approved funding through the legislation will provide $104 per student per day enrolled, and the Department of Ed will collect this data through the homeless and foster care application on their website within the security portal. Uh, this payment will be used for students housed in emergency shelters enrolled in the Franklin Public Schools, uh, and payment is expected to be received as early, as soon as possible after December 1st, and those students enrolled uh, would be counted from October through December. That's the time frame in which they're using. So this update included a little more detail. I want to thank um, Dr. Dutch and Mrs. Morano who attended that one, uh, the webinar that they provided to just continue to learn on how we can stay on top of this and, and keep track of uh, following, following suit with what we need to do to um, continue to get state uh, support in any way we can. We continue to work with other town departments and our local community organizations. This includes a weekly meeting where we share updates, identify resources and supports, and work with a variety of our partners within the town. Uh, inclement weather snow update, uh, not for tonight, but I wanted to just put it out, as this is in New England, we're apt to have days where weather can impact our ability to travel or to, to be in school, so it's important that families understand how that process works. And as such, what I will be doing is sending out my annual snow inclement weather uh, notification email, it's a one pager, one, maybe one and a half at this point, um, that has just information on how those decisions are made and what people can expect. We'll also post that on our website as well so people can refer to it if they need to. And finally, uh, you heard it mentioned already, our Franklin High School football team will play its Thanksgiving Day game on Tuesday night, the 21st, and tickets are available through the Red Sox website, which I've shared before. Final update, uh, we will not have another meeting before Thanksgiving. So as we pause for that break, I think it's a perfect time to thank our staff, our administrators, uh, and, and everyone who works with the Franklin students every day uh, for the work that they do 
and also want to thank our, our families, our community, our school committee for their support in, uh, throughout the year and wish everyone who's listening now a peaceful Thanksgiving with family and friends. That concludes my report. I'm happy to answer any questions. All right. Thank you very much. Again, open up the floor. Uh, one question. Uh, regarding the migrants, um, are we at capacity or I guess what to are we the 56 is at where we'll be at for the year or do we have there's capacity for more? Um, I'll let uh, Mrs. Morano dive in with more detail, um, but I'll, I'll let you share first. Um, and no, it is not where we'll be for the year. Um, as are some of the uh, residents of the shelter find permanent housing, there are some residents who, are, who have that possibility, um, then more um, people will come in. So it's kind of like a rolling addition, but it's slower than it was from October. Okay. So. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for these updates. Um, yeah, we appreciate that update, particularly in regards to the um, uh, migrant students and the services we're providing them, as well as the anticipated timeline for some reimbursement for the states. And yeah, of course, you know, waiting on that and looking forward to seeing that for us. And um, yeah, we appreciate the communication as well in regards to um, the, the snow um, decision process. Sure. So thank you sure. for um, sending that out to the community. Thank you. Sure. to say but I'm excited to work with you all. They're fantastic. Um and I'll go to going to the game I'll be in the game so good luck with that bad lady for sure. <laughs> yeah thanks for the update that I mean to be in the game as well and uh I'll look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Just said uh, just a couple of comments sure. uh, myself. Uh just uh in regards to uh, the micro situation so just to confirm with that rolling enrollment, uh, so as the numbers you know can kind of continue to to go up or to go down, uh, that 104 per day per pupil. That's is that going to be adjusted? It is. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. The other, other thing I would mention, I know um, we've used the word migrant, um, but I think uh, we received a community contact, and I think I mentioned this at town council on one night about. Um, the descriptions we use for groups of people, and I think there's not one word besides newcomer or that really captures the um, the, the specifics of a specific group. So um, you'll notice in my report I didn't use the word migrant because not all uh, folks are there. We were using the state vernacular, which was uh, migrant was how it's been posted, but um, I'm just thinking about the email that I read and I just wanted to respect the fact that that was communicated on. There are many uh, circumstances where people land in the hotel, and um, not all of it's related to migration. So um, I share that as just a piece of something I'm trying to think about as we move forward. And I don't know what the next state description will be. But new arrivals. New arrivals. Well, they're, if they're newly arriving to Franklin, that's probably a true statement for everyone there. So thank you for new arrivals. Is that what they're, they've changed it to? Okay. Right. OK. Thank you very much. Just a thought. All right. Um, and then so uh, we'll move on to guest presentations. We have a FHS Highlands. I'll just set context as Mr. Hanna uh, comes to the table with Mrs. Klein and Mrs. Santasuso, two amazing assistant principals who work at Franklin High. This is the first of school highlights that you'll see throughout the year, and we're excited to have 
Franklin High School admin team here to lead off and share some of the positive and, and some of the highlights that happened at Franklin High. I'll kick it over to you. Thank you, Mr. Jagir, and uh, good evening to uh, school committee members. Uh, for those that are returning, welcome back. And for those that are new, uh, thanks for your volunteerism. And we're looking forward to working uh, together. Uh, earlier in the year, when we shared our school improvement plan, we had the other two assistant principals at the high school, Dr. Weber and uh, Mr. Walsh. And tonight, we get the other uh, half of our team. There's five of us uh, that take on the responsibility of administrating uh, Franklin High School. And so tonight, we get to share some highlights and answer questions that you might have regarding uh, presentation. So as you can see, there's the beautiful school that the town of Franklin uh, invested in a number of years ago, and it's always a place that brings uh, gigantic compliments and pride as uh, friends and folks from different communities come and step foot on our campus. It's an impressive entrance. We share that picture because I think it's a commitment to the education that the town of Franklin cares about. We talked about how for 155 years, this town has opened the high school to, to support the education of its young people at this age. And we, we take that responsibility seriously, and we're excited about the growth and the highlights that we'll share with you uh, this evening. So keeping with a, um, a general theme of engagement, uh, as that's been a priority of ours as a school, as a school system and as, as an individual school, I went on a bit of a tour uh, about two weeks ago within an hour, so you could get a real sense of like what's going on in the building. And I thought, I, I didn't want it to be all captured with like edited and all sorts of, you know, Instagram filters. This is just a reality of one hour. So it starts on the upper left, I'll tell you a quick story. And here we are at our advisory where we're engaging our students with what to expect for the day. As you look closer at the picture, you can see what's for lunch, what games are being played that afternoon, what day it is, and any other pertinent information. So each day, students are given a chance to kind of all be sat on the same page with what it is that's accessible to them. As we're sliding over to the right, I visited a math class. And there you see a little bit more of a traditional learning environment. All of the students were accessing uh, their calculators while taking an assessment. And I think it's an important thing to note that engagement doesn't necessarily mean that everything is happening like it's in Disney World. We believe in aspects of traditional education that are going to be just the same way things were done in the 1950s. Not all the time, but some of the time. And I think it's an important kind of example to show when we talk about engagement, we want to have high standards for our students and we expect a lot out of them. And here are some examples. Further to the right, you can see a teacher putting a clock on as group work was going. So the students that are in the room are aware, okay, I have two minutes to kind of uh, get to the end of this assignment. These are small <coughs> steps that we're taking as a school that are based on this idea of UDL, that are trying to give as much people as much information as possible so they know how to access what's being asked of them. As we drop down and move back to the left, as we continue to tell the story, you can see uh, in our green room where the FHS TV is uh, putting together one of their weekly shows to kind of highlight the things that are going on in the school and share with students information using our uh, technology advanced TV system. As we continue across, I got to see Miss Rusdit practicing uh, with her musicians, uh, uh, different notes that were being asked of them. And it was funny because as I visited the space, you could see that they were struggling to meet this pattern. And she allowed them to just explore and explore the music and then drew them back in. And then, as a matter of fact, within that five minutes, they were able to hit the notes that they had been practicing. Finally, the last two are science classes. One of them is our engineering class. You can see a kind of waffle. Uh, design that was made in an effort to kind of hold water bottles 
uh, as they talked about different problems that they have. And one of the student groups said, well, at games, our water bottles get all thrown all over the place. So what if we had like a collapsible water bottle holder that we could put them in, you had your own spot, and that way when you came off the field and you wanted your bottle. So they're doing the prototype in the engineering course with the ability to invent that and grow it after. And finally, the last are students that are learning launch angles, dropping marbles through certain angles with a, with a certain amount of pressure to see how far will the mar marbles shoot. We had a great conversation about, imagine the uh, difficulty of engineering a roller coaster when you're having the, the moving parts to make sure everyone's able to be safe and you can hardly get a marble to go in the right spot for five yards. So again, great examples of what was going on in a one hour window at Franklin High School and uh, really proud of the levels of engagement that our teachers bring forth to our students every day. As we continue down uh, with our uh, share, I'm going to introduce Ms. Santasuso, who, among many other things, uh, oversees our extracurricular and club activities. Hi, Ben Santasuso. Nice to meet you. Um, so, as Josh mentioned, we offer well over 70 different clubs and extracurricular activities that really reflect the wide interests of our student body. And these pictures are on a beautiful fall day in September. We have an annual club fair out in the soccer turf field where all the clubs, it's almost like a college campus, they're all out there and the students get to participate in um, seeing what we offer and signing up to get more information or to even join um, during their lunches. So it was really successful. And all the information in terms of where the clubs meet, how often they meet, and what their mission is, is on our Franklin High School website under the class, uh, the class, excuse me, club page. So you can get more information there. And then if you want to go to the next slide, I actually added another slide. <laughs> Oh, um, these are just some of the ways in which that our clubs are connecting to our community. So you recently learned that our drama club, which is amazing, is putting on a production of Legally Blonde this weekend, which we got an experience um, at our recent faculty meeting. We got to see the opening number, and it was phenomenal, so um, I know I'm excited to, to go. But we also just capped off a um, food drive for Thanksgiving. Our peer leaders and our Saga Club partnered together to do that. And actually, all of our clubs are taking on a month every, um, uh, excuse me, a drive every month this year. Um, because we were able to take a tour of our, our food pantry in Franklin, which is amazing. And um, just wanting to contribute and see how we can better serve them. So that's something that's happening this year. And then our community service clubs also um, running a bottle and can drive to support SCOPE, which is an organization that helps underprivileged students attend camp over the summer. So those are just some of the ways in which they're connecting to the community. And Jen's done a great job uh, framing the work of clubs and activities over the course of the last few years. It's why we're proud to, to share the work that they're doing and, and appreciative of Jen's uh, leadership in that regard. Uh, next up, we have uh, fall sports, which were highlighted a little uh, by Sid, but Mrs. Klein's gonna even be able to go deeper in regards to where we were this fall. So please welcome Mrs. Klein uh, as well. Hi everyone, um, Kathy Klein, assistant principal of the high school. Um, when we talk about the high school, we talk, not everybody falls in these two categories, but a lot of students do love the activities and they do athletics. So I think it's important to sort of highlight that this fall alone, we had 462 students participating in fall athletics. Um, and we're wildly successful for high school. Um, I don't think that's an understatement. Um, just to get a sort of scope, you'll see on the on the slide, field hockey was the hot champs, and they are they are playing in the final four tomorrow night. Uh, volleyball is also a, a Hockey Mock League champion playing in the final four tomorrow night. 
boys and girls soccer, boys were the hot champs and the girls were the co-champs, both played in the uh, Elite Eight this past weekend. Um, golf won the championship and so did boys cross country. Cheerleading won the hawk and regionals and is competing in states this weekend. So it is um, um, almost like an embarrassment of riches. We're, we're, we're very good athletes. I know our athletic director has said before, she'll go to athletic director um, meetings and other districts were like, well, we're done now and we keep going. <laughs> we're right into the next season, which is starting in two weeks. So. Um, as we have mentioned, it's been mentioned several times before, the, the, we're playing at, at Fenway on Thursday against KP, which is exciting. Um, volleyball and field hockey play tomorrow night. The other thing that I wanted to mention was this is the fifth straight year that Franklin has won the Dalton Award, which is the Boston Globe Award, the winningest, winningest public school in the state. Um, so not only did we win it, we won it five straight years. <laughs> um, so it is um, a really big accomplishment. The athletes, their families, the coaches put in an enormous amount of time and energy, um, and I think it, um, their efforts pay off year after year, which is a really fun thing. And I know Josh is going to talk about how that sort of all wraps into um, the community of Franklin High School, because not only do the athletes play, the 462 um, students who play, their friends show up for each other, right? The student body shows up. I was at the um, girls soccer um, Elite Eight game on Saturday, and there must have been 100 students there. Like, w w Franklin travels as well, which is really nice. There is a lot of support for the community, the plays, um, all of the things kids do, but the community and the student body shows up for their friends, which is, I think, a really, indic really indicative of how kids feel about Franklin High School. Um, and I think the next one, next slide you have. Nope, nope, two more slides. We can, well, we'll, we'll, we'll jump to, I agree yeah. with what Kathy's saying. I think if you listen to the leaders of our student government, the energy they put into creating spirit and bringing back or, or coming from COVID, which is, it was a reality, we, we continue to have to rebuild that care and trust and enjoyment of togetherness because we've kind of, I think, lost our way. In, in how to be together and it's you can tell and feel that it. it's congealing and it's tremendous um and it's in a big this is a frankly community pride i mean kathy's children grew up in the town the community uh, the rec center the way in which this town supports its young people gives everyone a chance to succeed and i think we get to reap the benefits of that but it starts well beyond uh, well before franklin high school for sure it's a nice transition because we're here to support not just you know the high achieving things, but we're also really caring about the individuals. And just as much as engagement and success, whether it be in clubs or athletics, is an important part of Franklin High School, so is supporting our uh, social emotional needs. And Ms. Asuso, Jen's gonna talk a little bit about a couple of the surveys we have going on this year to help uh, with our understanding of where else can we support our students. Yes, so last week we um, had our students take the Metro West Health Survey, which is um, taken every two years, and 25 um, neighboring communities take that um, west of Boston. And it provides us some excellent data, self-reporting data, based on students' health and risk behaviors. And we're able to look at um, not only what's impacting young people in our nearby communities, but also specifically Franklin. And it helps guide our um, supports for staff and our supports and programming for students. Um, and so that's something that we participated in last week. 
coming up in December, the Jed Foundation survey. So the Jed Foundation is a nonprofit organization that is a three-year program. They're gonna come in and they're gonna survey our staff, our students, and assess our programming and then just make recommendations on um, how we can best support our students' mental health. Um, so those are just some of the ways that we, we support our students' um, sense social and emotional well-being. You know, and being the parent of a teenager and a sophomore in high school in a, in a neighboring community, I can see firsthand the importance of schools being open to the idea that we don't do everything perfectly, and there's ways for us to adjust our systems and try to be responsive to the needs that are in front of us while simultaneously staying, um, you know, that, that keeping a speed that's sustainable and finding that balance is difficult, but we're into the work. We want to understand where students are, and we want to help them continue to grow. And a lot of these efforts are in line with, with that work. Finally, and I'm, I'm a big proponent of it. Where's the evidence? And if you look at the pictures up on the screen, you see our, our school was recently recognized in the local newspapers having the best fan group at any game. And you see where our fans on the right or up on the top were sitting right next to the band. Members of the band you can see are wearing pink attire as part of their uniform to get connected with this idea of like bringing uh, cancer awareness to our events where there's fundraisers going on around that. And in listening to the student's voice, um, Franklin has a community, everyone wants to be here, everyone's always looking forward to these Thursday, Friday nights. You know, this idea, of, it just brings out the happiness in everyone. And this is work that we have been putting forth as a priority of ours over the last four years, and it's fantastic, and I'm proud to sit with these two assistant principals. As I know, we have been up against, at times, difficult moments when it's come to building this to where it, uh, we believed it could be, and I think where it was for a long time. And I think we're, we're getting closer and closer to that uh, optimal level. And, and I use a student's voice to share and, and examples. This is what's happening on our Thursday and Friday nights. And yeah, th there, there are moments where things aren't 100% perfect. That's a public school. That's a public school with 1,600 plus kids. But the vast majority of the interactions that occur in our school every day are safe and supportive and things that we can be proud of as a community. So I share that as a conclusion uh, to our presentation and welcome any questions that the uh, school committee uh, has for our highlights. Thank you all very much. So um, open the floor if anyone has any questions or comments. Yeah, I mean, well, first, like, love the community vibe that you guys are sharing and, and, and how you're encouraging the students to then tie in outside of the high school with the community as a whole, um, especially through the food pantry. That's amazing. Um, I did have a question about the Metro West Health Survey, um, you know, wondering like when you anticipate the results and if there's plans to collaborate with other, you know, neighboring districts that also participated in the survey to adjust or respond in any ways based on what data you've taken. Yeah, so the results usually come to us sometime in the spring and it takes a while because they do a lot of cross analysis and they give all sorts of statistics on where we may be an outlier or not. And we take that into consideration as we meet as an administrative team, as a principal's council team, as a district level team, like where are the gaps or where are the areas of concern and like how might we want to address them. So in the past, for example, in other school districts I've worked in where uh, vaping was being kind of targeted as something that was occurring with uh, a rather, rather large uh, percentage of use, um, investments into things like vape detectors in, in schools were kind of considered, is this, is this an option? Or if, um, 
I, I mean, there's a wide variety of questions. I use that just as like a small example. Uh, but anytime something's coming to us, there's particular stress or anxiety around grades. Maybe that gives us a lens to say, hey, how are we organizing our grading systems? Why is it that these stresses and anxieties are occurring and what adjustments can we make? So there's like micro adjustments you can make and macro ones as well. And a lot of that has to do with the time that we have in the spring to digest those uh, results. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so, once again, as always, thank you for the presentation. Uh, very informative, and it really just shows us what's important to students. You know, this is why we all do this to make sure that they're healthy, happy, they're learning, they're growing, and they're becoming uh, great citizens of the world. Um, so, appreciate for you for sharing this. Um, one of the things that I, I enjoy is that you share this with us. Um, I want to know like, what are the public opportunities for students to be able to and show what they've learned, what they're doing, and then bring it back to the public. Like, other than, like, what are the ways that folks can come into the schools and see this, this, this friends in life? Well, I mean, we have a couple of things we do. We have, like, a science night in the spring. Mm -hmm. That's probably the most well-attended. That would be the, like, most obvious, I think, mm -hmm. example of people coming into the building, seeing what we're up to. Um, I don't, yeah. Another one, um, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're all invited, to be um, judges when we do senior project um, in the spring, because that's, I know, um, the members of the administration, it's, it's one of the best nights of the year. Um, um, I think last year we had a scheduling conflict, uh, but we're already working on having that not be during a school committee meeting or a town council meeting. Um, last year, I think we had 100 and maybe 15 seniors who did senior project. This year, the number's already higher than that. So those, um, each student who goes out does a presentation and comes back and tells you what you learn, what they learned. Last year, I had a number of students as a judge who went to the fire department, and of the five or six kids that I had, they all presented something different that they learned, which I thought was fascinating. Um, so we'll invite you now to come see that because it's a it's a really great night. Yeah, great. Thank you. No, appreciate that because I know the public loves us, and, and I since I've been school meeting before, we've often gone to the, the science night as well, and that's one of my favorite nights of the year. My kids like as well. Um, so those that have been watching probably know. Um, so it's really great just to get the older students with younger students and just really have, give them something to look at after and be like, hey, I want to do this. I want to go to this school. I want to learn this. I want to do these things that I may have never thought about before. Um, and you guys do a great job of really fostering that. So I appreciate that. And one thing I would add is um, I, February 12th, I believe, is our Panther Pride mm -hmm. night. Yep. And so that's when we invite um, families from the eighth grade from all the schools to, to come and to see all of the um, clubs and athletic programs as well as when we talk about the program of studies so it's really it showcases kind of our school as a whole and what we have to offer so i would invite everyone to come out to that as well thank you yeah, and this is what's going to culture building you know it doesn't start once you're there it's before mm -hmm. um, so that kind of ties back to the, my next question um mr hannah you mentioned around the five-time winning the dalton award how this didn't just start from FHS, it started from before. And sports, <coughs> you know, my kids are in sports, there's all these opportunities for sports. Um, how do we expand this to other things? Because I you know we have the clubs that we've had to reduce um, in middle school. How do we kind of build those seeds or set that foundation for other things beyond sports before we get to high school? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you, did, you just said it. I mean, if we have clubs at the middle school that can kind of spark that interest, if they're no longer able to, you know, exist, it's gonna there's gonna be some gaps, right? Like we were a robotics team at the high school. 
that did really well in some of their competitions last year, and it would be a natural move to try to build some of those things in to some of our elementaries and middle schools, that, you know, if and when possible. And I, I know there's always going to be like uh, a, a tag, a price tag to any of these things. So, but ideally, that would be a small example of a way to kind of build that. I do think that um, we need to continue to look for ways to connect our students at the school to some of our uh, middle schools and elementary schools. We're working with the uh, Horse Man School, trying to bring some students over there to help with some uh, math tutoring and things of that nature that will bring some of the horseman students to our library and, and work on that. So there are some uh, moments where I think we just need to kind of like lean into that. But uh, I mean, being, re being totally honest, there's usually a pretty big gap between, you know, youth uh, sports participation and some of our, like our youth academic clubs. So I'm not suggesting we're gonna be able to move it to that kind of like extreme level, but I think we could pick a few small things that we see have some serious commitment to, and I think robotics might be a really natural fit to try to like find ways to make some connections. But it definitely will take resources. These things don't happen, um, you know, without without some type of fiscal participation. Particularly finding advisors. I mean, we we are. I mean, I'll be honest. Our advisors they do this work strictly out of love. They are losing money when it comes to the hours and their own cash donations to kind of help keep clubs alive. And I know from doing it myself as a younger teacher, like you just do it because it's the right thing to do, but you're not making any money. So I, I worry about putting too much pressure on folks to do these voluntary things without giving them an opportunity to like be paid reasonably. And I'm not talking a lot, but more than loss. Yeah, thank you to appreciate that. And I think this people should know that the successes you have have started well before the students got to you, and people need to realize that if we want to see these continued successes, we need to invest our students today before they get to high school, because once they're in high school, it's too late, because other towns are already investing in these students already, and now we're competing, you know, 10 steps behind trying to compete, and we're no longer going to get the Dalton Awards, we're no longer going to get these other um, kind of acclaims for, you know, what is seen at the high school level where there's more visibility because we didn't spend it at the elementary or middle level. Um, so I want people just to, to remember that when we talk about what's important to us and what do we want to see for our students down the road. Thank you. Uh, thank you all very much for uh, this presentation information. Uh, it's great to get this update. And um, from everything you said, really got a sense of just the, um, the environment and the school spirit that you've been building up HS, and thank you for that. Um, and yeah, just the the pride that you mentioned um, having you know the being highlighted as having some of the, the best uh, high school sports fans. I didn't even know about the five time Dalton Award winners. It almost makes you feel bad for everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of love lost for Franklin when we uh, yeah. were on the wrong side, but that's okay. We'll, we'll take that. Like I said, it almost makes you feel bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and I was very and as you know, you're highlighting the uh, like all. All the clubs we have, 70 clubs, are just, just fantastic. And the involvement with the community and really uh, trying to, you know, as part of our, our school culture, instilling that value of, you know, community service and giving back and being involved with other organizations um, in the community. And so you mentioned that, it, what was it, that every month um, there's a, a different drive from, like, is it al almost all the clubs are participating, or how, like, could, could you uh, just expand on that a little bit? Sure, yeah, so we um, asked 
all 70 clubs uh, if they wanted to be, if they were interested in partnering with one another or just even themselves and doing a food drive every month. And that would entail contacting food pantries, seeing what their specific needs are for that particular month, mm -hmm. and then organizing the drive and delivering it and you know any volunteer um, opportunities they have and maybe stocking the shelves with whatever we've collected. So um, yes, we had about, I'd say, half of our clubs say they want to do that. And so I've partnered them up and I've created a schedule for the year. And they, they know they're going to run with it. They have the contact information for the food pantry. Um, you know, and sometimes it's specific items may be related to the, the holidays. I know the food pantry is doing like Thanksgiving baskets for families in need. Um, but again, it, it's going to depend on what they are in need of month to month. But yeah, it's exciting. Um, hopefully that will be a continual thing that we do annually every year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, I mean, it's so important to create these partnerships with local organizations, but also to you know, really help instill in our students just that value of um, you know, civic service and community service and reaching out. And then, of course, creating awareness for the Franklin Food Pantry and, just, and the wonderful services that they provide for um, you know, community members and neighbors that are, might be experiencing food insecurity. And, and it's especially important on the holidays. So, yeah, you know, thank you so much. And I, I also hope that this is something that we can continue throughout the year so it would just be you know, so great to continue to you know, plant that seed of service in all Franklin High students. And um, you know, of, of the 70 clubs, I mean, that's a very, very, very impressive number. And so I, I guess of, of those, is there maybe one that you think doesn't get as much attention that you'd like to highlight? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to, I'm not asking you to pick a favorite. I can't, I can't yeah. do that. <laughs> is there maybe like a new one that was more recently established that people don't know about that you, you think is worth uh, I will say that we, um, Active Minds, um, so Michelle Hess and Jen Briggs, who advised peer leaders, they've now, um, they're now co-advising Active Minds, and that's a club that, again, is promoting mental health awareness. Mm -hmm. So it's exciting that, they are um, focusing their efforts on that and, and providing some education to our student body. So I will mention that one. <laughs> thank you. No, that's You're a, awesome. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm sure they're all worth checking out. Yeah, um, well, and the pickleball club, but that just started too. <laughs> 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 we should love pickleball. That. I, play I know. <laughs> well, all right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, and you know, hopefully, maybe you know, throughout this year, we can you know, hear more from our, our student clubs. Maybe have some presentations from them as well. So, oh, yeah. Thank you. We look forward to that. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for the presentation and uh, letting us know, you know, really all the effort that's going in to make sure we have well-rounded students. Uh, for me, I, I think it's really exciting to hear about how the wording that you used regarding engagement. You know, you built it up, and really now we're trying to get to an optimal level. For that, you know, what is optimal for you, and how are you looking to measure this? Like, what can we do to really evaluate how successful we can? You know, we can be as a community in engaging students and making sure that they actually have an opportunity to participate in the clubs, what clubs, organizations, or sports that really fit them best. I mean, I think there's a lot of data points that you can examine and we should be examining, right? From like achievement data points regarding MCAS, SATs, AP scores. Like if you're engaged, then we should be seeing growth in those areas, so that's one. We should also be asking our students through surveys uh, either like teacher-led surveys, like, hey, how are things going in terms of your experience with this class? And listen to what students have to say. I know sometimes as a teacher, it can be intimidating to put that question out there because you're going to get feedback that might not be sitting well with you. But that is a reality to our practice that we should be open to where are some small adjustments we can make. Obviously, our, our work in like observing and giving, having conversations, being honest with each other about like, 
hey, here are some things that we're seeing and hearing are going on that are really positive and we should continue to kind of think about that. But I think it's creating a mindset of realizing that this work is nuanced and challenging and we can never get to a point where we think we've figured it all out because that's not gonna happen. It's this constant belief in like recycling through uh, what it is, reflection, make some adjustments, try new practice. And, and if we're doing that with regularity, which is being present, I think we'll, we'll be able to see if either of you want to add to that, please. I was just going to say, we've also spent time with our principal's council and a PD time with the teachers to talk about how do you know what engagement looks like in your own classroom, and then talking to teachers, what do you use to increase the engagement? So if one teacher is really successful in one area, share that, right? Like, don't just sit on it. Use, if you have, you know, because the other part of engagement is it's really individual, right? It's not, it doesn't look the same for every student, and I think that's really important for teachers to recognize. You know, you can be a student, like I was, who used to doodle all the time. I was paying attention, but I was, right, so just because I'm doodling doesn't mean I'm not learning, right? So it's, it's not making a snap decision. You walk in a room for five minutes and say, well, those three kids are not, my eyes are not on you. That means I'm not paying attention. It can look different. So how do you, how do you see engagement and then how do you measure it, right? So those are constant conversations that we've been having with our teachers and our department heads all year. And, and I'll take this as an opportunity to say, you know, it's easier to engage students when your student to teacher ratio is in a reasonable uh, zone. When you have classes of 28, 29, 31 students, uh, you know, no matter how hard of a worker you are as a teacher, it's gonna be really hard to make personal connections with all those students every day. And, and that is, there's a reason there's humans together. They want to engage, they want to feel each other's understandings, interests, and get to know each other and challenge each other. And that only happens when numbers are in a manageable space. And we, that's something we would wanna protect. And I certainly wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't advocate for continued uh, examination of class sizes and making sure that that gives our teachers the best chance to truly understand the individual, as Kathy was saying, and be able to make those adjustments accordingly. Um, and when it gets above a certain number, it becomes pretty difficult to do that with, with any type of real high level consistency. Excellent. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, hi. Thank you. Um, great presentation. Thank you for all the work you're doing. Um, prior to school committee, I was highly engaged with um, uh, just encouraging the town council to pr propose an override for the town. So I know um, pretty well that you, what you guys are up against. So. Um, um, I did, I did um, just want to piggyback on what I was talking about with the um, younger kids. Um, and I know that my daughter goes to Horace Mann. I have a sixth and seventh grader both at Horace Mann. So um, this year was the first year they sort of separated for, you know, more difficult math. And uh, she went for it, you know, accelerated class and um, was going to take you guys up on that offer. And this is like an introverted kid who like doesn't want to do anything. So somehow the communication from the math department about those tutors it is doing well. Because for a kid like mine to be like, yeah, I could go over there and get some help is, um, the messaging must have been spot on. So however they're presenting that to the kids has been good. Um, uh, as far as just, you know, obviously a, a lot of, I, like, I hear parents talking about the clubs in the middle schools not being there and things. Um, I, I'm grateful to the teachers that are probably in, you know, 99% of the cases working at a loss. Um, so a lot of parents will say, can, you know, can we get, uh, you know, uh, a boosters club for clubs and things like that. So 
Um, hopefully, we won't, we won't need to do that. But I, I, I did say I would think that um, fair that you have outside um, would be something that maybe if you invited the middle schoolers and their parents or something, like I, I, that might have to be a separate sort of event, but why you have it all set up anyway. Because um, I think to Al's point, it gets the kids excited about like, I keep telling my kids it gets better. Yeah. It gets well, better. that's what Panther Pride Night is. Mm -hmm. Panther Pride Night is a giant yes, club for the eight days. Yes. Okay. Yes. Awesome. It's all of yeah. the clubs and all of the sports and the academic piece. So yeah. it is yeah. literally like a menu of here's what Franklin High School goes. And you guys get like great engagement from that the if you're Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because yeah. a lot of the strategy prior to me being on school committee was like, how do we get these parents to pay attention to what's going on? Um, yeah, so it's yeah, a well-attended evening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Um, clubs, uh, class sizes, that's, that's a good, I, I took note of that as I work with them. I want to really collaborate with <coughs> leaders in town and kind of be a, a big voice for the, for the schools in that capacity um, and try and work collaboratively with them collaboratively. Um, so uh, hopefully, you know, things like clubs that, that should have a direct correlation, I would think, to the mental health of the kids in the circus that come back and that'll be you know, one metric. So hopefully, you know, we can work the kids are out and active and laughing and not always, you know, uh, instructional time, so. And the more adult eyes that have on them, the yes. better it is. Mm -hmm. Yes, always. Yeah. Um, so thank you. Oh, yeah. Greatly appreciate all your efforts. And uh, regarding the fall sports participation, you since you mentioned the numbers 462 students. What was the number, I'm just curious, what was the number prior COVID times? That's a good question. I'd have to go back and ask the athletic director. I don't know. I, and when I when I said to her, what is the fall participation? She gave me that number. And I was like, well, what was all of last year? And she was like, oh, I don't She's like, that, that'll take me a minute to, to um, get. Yeah. So but I'm happy to find out and let you know. I, I know anecdotally across the state, people had said that the uh, participation rates had slowed down because for certain kids or families who didn't kind of get that sixth, seventh grade, you know, middle school-ish experience of continuing to play the sport for various reasons. When it reopened, they were a little hesitant because some did stay with it, and maybe because they weren't as worried about the health ramifications or whatever the case may be, and then others did. And so there was a gap there that, that some people have spoken about uh, since COVID. But we're, things are definitely picking up to where I personally feel like, and I know we've talked as a team, it's getting a lot, closer to what things were before 2020. Uh, and, and we're still, you know, making adjustments and so on, but I think this is gonna be a, a trend that's gonna be moving in a more positive direction over the next few years. Thank you, appreciate that's a thing. All right, and um, I just have just a, a couple of things, so thank you very much for your presentation. Um, one thing that I know kind of came up um, through a lot of the comments was just about the community engagement. And, and it was fantastic, and for the, um, my colleagues who were uh, sort of last term. It's one of the things we also heard from at ECDC. A lot of the community engagement that they had over there with this, the, um, uh, the senior center, and it's always fantastic. Because uh, Franklin just as a whole is an amazing community, so we really kind of start to, to branch out and get outside um, just the schools. It's always wonderful to, to hear. Um, another thing too, uh, we mentioned the Jed Foundation and the suicide prevention. Um, please, once uh, a lot of those those um, topics start to kind of come back and some of the strategies, if there's a way that as you know school committee that we can kind of help facilitate that, uh, please let us know about that. Um, and 
Also, just wanted to mention that Kathy had uh, spoken about uh, attending some of the games. And uh, you know, it's something we can't hear about quite often. So just a, a big, giant thank you to, to all the, the administrative team, our teachers, our staff, who continually go out and uh, support the, the students at the games, at their events, at, at the shows that they're doing. You know, it's clearly not a job uh, that ends as soon as the bell rings. And, uh, and I really applaud everybody uh, for, uh, for all the continued work. So thank you all very much. Thank you. All right, then um, we'll uh, move along to discussion action items. Okay, for discussion action items, the first action uh, is policies for second read and adoption. So as part of our process, um, whenever policies come before the school committee, they will show up at one meeting as a first read. Uh, folks have an opportunity to read those ahead of time, um, ask questions, and then a vote takes place for them to move to a second read, which means we uh, go come back the next the following meeting to vote on the adoption of policy changes. So as a new school committee with some new members to it, um, we talked about this last meeting, but I just wanted to add some context and continuity so that we were on the same page. So uh, before you, you'll notice there are three policies. Policy HA, a negotiation goals, HB, negotiation legal status, and HF, which is school committee negotiating agents. These policies are part of a package of policies that the Massachusetts Association of School Committees has been updating regularly. So you will see policies that continue to come before you as they did a full review last year. Um, it's just, there's probably 50 that have to be looked at over time. So we have just been going in alphabetical order to try to tackle these as best we can. So with that said, these policies, uh, most of the changes are in legal references and to cite the new Massachusetts Association of School Committee references, but also you'll notice the track changes. Some of the verbiage is changed in length, but the spirit of the policies is not changed. It's about representation, negotiation process from a school uh, committee perspective and whatnot. So. If there's any questions, I'm um, happy to answer. All right. So I recommend second readings and adoption. I recommend moving the following policies to a second read as discussed. All right. Is there uh, a motion? So moved. Is there a second? Second. I do. And uh, now, if there's any questions, comments? No questions. All right, uh, seeing none, the vote will come on a motion. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right, motion carries. Okay. Uh, next before you is a, uh, a recommendation from our varsity lacrosse team and an overnight trip. It's an annual trip that takes place. So I recommend approval of the request of Louis Baraki, Chris Baker, and Kevin McCarthy to take the boys varsity lacrosse team to Long Island, New York on April 15th through the 17th, 2024 to participate in three lacrosse games as detailed. All right, and is there a motion? So moved. Second? Second. All right, any questions, comments? All right, seeing none. Uh, vote on our motion. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Motion carries. Thank you. Paul. 
All right, uh, we'll jump down to discussion only items. FICO quarterly report. Okay, in your packet you'll notice uh, a FICO quarterly report. Uh, we are part of two collaboratives, so I'm the representative for the Bicomi Collaborative and the Accept Collaborative, which are two clubs we use to, to, um, to work to educate students who are, are best suited to, to be educated in those programs. Mrs. Morano oversees uh, the Office of Student Services and uh, we have students there. They provide quarterly reports that are for your review, um, and I just share those just as in the spirit of transparency, just what's going on with each of the collaboratives, and uh, whenever I receive them, I just share them for you. There's no vote that needs to be taken, but it's just um, informational. Okay. Any, any questions? Well, thank you very much. Then on to information matters. And so I know uh, right now, uh, you know, with us, uh, the new term, uh, we will be kind of uh, organizing and starting getting into subcommittees. Uh, so we can actually have a number of these subcommittees that we have uh, start meeting and then kind of presenting back to us. I do believe there has been some, I, wanna, I know uh, Mental Health Task Force, I believe, met this morning. Yes, Mental Health and Wellbeing Task Force met this morning. Um, we finalized our goal for the year, which would be um, providing education, parent education, um, targeting families in K through five, grades K through five, around mental health and stress of our students. Um, and we developed some action steps, so we'll continue that work. Um, and our next meeting is December 12th. Terrific, and what about uh, DEI? DEI's next meeting is November 30th. And then I have CPAP information as well. Please, thanks. All right, on November 16th, um, the CPAP will be hold, holding a parent caregiver meetup at 7.30 p.m. at Fox Seats. All are welcome. You do not have to have a child with a disability. You can just come socialize, and I believe there's trivia nights. So they're looking forward to that. <laughs> Um, on December 5th, the um, CPAC as well as the SAFE Coalition are co-sponsoring a event called Mental Health and Suicide Awareness and Prevention for Tweens and Teens. It will be held from 6.30 to 8 p.m. here at the Municipal Building in the training room. Um, there is a link to sign up. It went home to all families in the district yesterday. Um, and we'll continue, to, I'm gonna have the principals posted on their newsletters and website as well. And have there been any other? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. So yesterday, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yesterday, we had the JPC meeting. Um, Mr. Jeer provided an update around the football game at the Benway, um, along with uh, welcoming the new school committee members. So, in case the JPC members were not aware. Um, and then really just touched upon the inclement weather and snow updates. Um, as usual, the JPCC, or the PCC provided an update on the events that they performed uh, since the last meeting. Um, and they once again ranged from um, really pulling folks in to build culture, um, doing uh, clothing drives, um, talking about their plans for upcoming field trips. Because um, if you're not aware, the purpose of the PCC is to help uh, enrich the students above and beyond what happens in the school's purview. <coughs> so raising funds for uh, field trips, um, supporting the teachers in um, other fashions that, that kind of comes from the families, um, helping build community, really it's just um, adding another element to school beyond what you see in the classrooms. Um, there are other events that they talked about, such as their partnership with Boosted to do fundraising events, um, 
attendees kind of doing an auction, so getting the public in and supporting that community. Um, and then we did also have uh, the JPC, not JPC, CPAC uh, participate there as well. So as Ms. Morano said, uh, they provided information regarding the events that they're hosting just to cast a wider net uh, for people to participate and uh, come together, learn, uh, grow, uh, things of that nature. So we do have another meeting, uh, I believe it is on December 11th, is our next meeting. Thank you very much. Welcome. And uh, I know the, uh, the comprehensive facility assessment, uh, we snuck one in uh, right before the term had expired, uh, where uh, we were looking to, uh, we had reviewed a number of different uh, schools uh, and uh, con consultant firms uh, to kind of give uh, some advice uh, to uh, Superintendent Jagir, so they can kind of start the, uh, the process of soliciting out, so that way we can kind of get uh, a firm uh, coming on back, hopefully relatively quickly, uh, with uh, both looking at uh, looking at some quotes for the overall facilities assessment, but also an educational vision, kind of looking out for educating the 21st century. And so uh, hopefully as we kind of start to do that reorganization and that committee kind of comes back together, we'll start to get some more updates. We have um, sent out the request for information uh, and quotes for the visioning. Those are due back on the 21st of November. Uh, so we'll be able to begin to review those um, shortly after Thanksgiving break. And then um, the facilities assessment, uh, the advertisement is going into the newspaper and the actual request for proposals will be on our website um, probably tomorrow. So we're, we're moving things forward. Awesome. Thank you very much, too. I want to say uh, just for the, the quick turnaround and for my colleagues that were putting in a lot of weekend hours uh, to, uh, to make sure that quick turnaround was possible. Um, uh, unless there's any other... I have a question about that one. So. So I, I tried to, before getting on the committee, I tried to watch as many subcommittees as I can, but I definitely didn't watch them all. So you might have talked about this, but when it comes to the um, facilities sort of um, audit-ish thing that we're getting, um, are we, how are we getting the, the en enrollment? Is en enrollment something they're going to want to factor in, or is that something completely separate? No, so this, um there's really three pieces uh, to this, what we're looking at. Uh, so in terms of the enrollment, uh, we reached back out to uh, McKibben, uh, who had done previous enrollment uh, data, and uh, they'll be using more updated census data to kind of just continue along with a lot of the projections. So uh, that's kind of like one leg uh, yeah. of the I overall I did see updated data come study. in, so I was, and I, I thought that somebody had something about beyond just that newest updated data, or my maybe, so we did also have at the, the last meeting, uh, it was just updated uh, October 1 uh, data that was kind of presented, but yeah, McKibben is kind of coming out. Uh, we'll continue to provide it if you want to elaborate. Uh, I'm happy to, 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 yeah. to, to share um, the October 1st information that we shared during that school committee was shared with McKibben as well. And they're working on a forecast model for the next decade for Franklin. Um, the previous projections that were done used the 2010 census data and it was pre-pandemic and post-pandemic using 2020 census data is the most up-to-date and accurate information a town can have so he's using those figures to re-project out using where we are currently um, moving forward um, 
with that data. So that's that's what's coming as part of it. So. And so this, uh, yeah, the subcommittee will be looking at, at future enrollment, uh, the facilities that we currently have, and also that educational visioning aspect, and really kind of weaving all of that together to kind of figure out what are our options and where are we going to go forward. Okay, thank you. Absolutely. Amy? I have one. I, I just would like to, you know, encourage that subcommittee to connect with the Franklin Master Plan. Uh, subcommittee on community services and facilities because I feel like they're going to end up having a lot of overlap in there and that keeping that connection point um, you know especially it sounds like maybe as this committee goes into the spring um, and more reporting starts to come back that it would be a good connection to have um, as that committee's planning for the next 10 years absolutely yeah. thank you And so uh, we'll move into consent agenda. Okay. I recommend approval of the minutes of the October 24th, 2023 meeting as detailed. I recommend acceptance of a check for $3,571.70 from the parliamentary PCC for field trips as detailed. I recommend acceptance of a check for $1,640 from music parents for in-house enrichment as detailed. I recommend acceptance of a check for $3,499.10 from the Keller PCC for field trips as detailed. All right, is there a motion to approve the consent agenda as detailed? So moved. Is there a second? Second. Any discussions, questions? Yes, I think we need to take a separate vote on the minutes as the committee uh, only included three uh, members. And then what I think we can do is then take a separate vote for the rest, if that works for you. Absolutely. So what I'll do is I'll just restate the recommendation for these minutes and then we'll do the rest, okay? So I recommend approval of the minutes from the October 24th, 2023 school committee minutes as detailed for the folks that were in attendance. All right, is there a motion to approve item A? So moved. Second. Second. Any discussion questions? All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion passes. And now I recommend approval of the acceptance of the checks from the Parmenter gift, the music gift, and Cal gift, as I previously stated. All right, now is there a motion to approve the consent agenda, B, C, and D? So moved. Second? Second. Questions, comments? All right. Seeing none, vote will come on, um, motion will come on a vote. Uh, all those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Passes. All right, now we'll move on to good of the order. And so uh, this is an opportunity uh, as uh, school committee members. Uh, at the, it's the first meeting uh, of, uh, of the month uh, where you have an opportunity just to, to speak about any issues uh, that you think might have, have a betterment uh, for the school committee. Um, individuals from the past term just use it as another opportunity to continue talking. Um, <laughs> don't know who that was, uh, but uh, again, we'll just have any opportunities to kind of go and, and speak. We'll kind of keep going down the line. Sorry, we will switch it up. Yeah, we'll, we'll switch it up as we can go on. I promise. Um, I, I feel like the only thing that you know I would like to kind of think about and consider, um, you know, and whether this falls into a subcommittee or not, I'm not sure, is the exploration of grants for the betterment of the schools and whether um, we as a subcommittee have any kind of uh, part to play in moving some of those forward. 
Thank you very much. Okay, um, so I guess my first time actually doing this one. Wow. It might take a 20, 30, 40 minute. <laughs> <laughs> there is no time limit. So, um, no, I think this, because really great time to do this now that we're a brand new school committee. Um, one thing about local government is that people don't understand what happens with local government and the roles and responsibilities of people in local government. Um, people hold us to a higher standard and they think that we are um, the ones in control, but we are actually servant leaders and we are here to oversee and we don't necessarily quote unquote do things. The people that do things are the folks that are uh, to the left of me, to the right of the folks in the audience, and the people that are in front of the students um, and that are working with them. We just make sure that you know they are held accountable to what they do. Um, so I just wanted just to reiterate to folks that are watching more so than folks that are here, uh, the roles and responsibilities of the school committee. Um, our roles are one, to hire and review the performance of the superintendent. So I hope I don't have to hire a new superintendent. <laughs> Didn't think we have to do the first term. I uh, don't want to do it again. So Mr. DeGear, we you know work together. Um, so we review Mr. DeGear's performance, um, make sure that the goals that we've established for him um, are met, and we're holding them to the high standards that will help our students perform and do well. Uh, second thing is around developing our school policy. So once again, we don't necessarily. And uh, we will we'll develop it with partnership with Mr. Gear and his staff. Um, and we are holding him and his staff accountable to enforcing it. But we as a school committee are not the ones going to the classrooms and enforcing it. Um, we are not in the day-to-day -day operations. And then three, the last piece is around the annual budget. Um, once again, Mr. Gear and his staff are the ones that are um, closer to it and they are providing recommendations of, hey, this is what we feel is important. Uh, they will um, share that with us for our council and our perspective, and you are the ones that are saying yay or nay, and this is what we would like to see to help influence things and, and advocate for the families. Um, so um, once it, as you hear, can hear all the things I've said, is we're consultants, we're advising, we're, we're, um, we're not necessarily the ones that are implementing and doing, and we're just holding folks accountable. So I want folks to remember that uh, when things are coming to the superintendent or coming to the school committee, we'll help get you to where they need to be, but we're not the ones necessarily doing the day-to-day -day operational work um, that are closer to the teachers, the students, staff, um, and many of the occasions. It's a, it's a partnership. Um, so that's it. Thank you very much. Cool. Thank you. Um, I'd just like to say uh, welcome aboard to all our uh, new school crew members and really looking forward to all our work and collaboration of this, uh, this coming term. So, thank you. Uh, thank you so much to everyone uh, you know, on the committee. A warm welcome all around. Uh, and thank you very much uh, to both the superintendent's office and uh, high school uh, for presenting such a, a fair kind of encouraging assessment as to what all is going on um, and the types of activities we're able to do uh, here, you know, in, in this system. So, thank you. Um, I guess I'd like to take this opportunity to say that um, from a, a, a citizen engagement standpoint, uh, what I'm looking forward to the most is uh, helping solve the budget concerns. So, um, I think that uh, attending meetings, um, you know, in all capacities as far as, like, 
budget subcommittees, finance committee, town council, um, we pay drastically low for compared to towns similar to us, um, at bottom 20%. So we really need to figure out what it is we want as a town and as a school committee. I personally would love to hear from the community about all the things you wish that we could do that you hear other districts are doing because um, we know that whatever we bring forward for the town to approve, uh, the town leadership will take a really close look at that and we will probably have to cut it significantly. So let's let's go for it and and hear it all and then and then sort of whittle it down from there. Let's let's not be conservative because it's it's been a long time coming and uh, we've got we've got an army ready to advocate. Uh, so that's why that's why I'm here. Um, along with supporting the schools and all the great work you do. Um, so thank you. I figured I'd just use myself box. Thanks. Thank you for each and every one of the Franklin voters. And uh, I will try to fulfill everything, whatever we can come on the way. And in the future, I'll try to advocate for the Franklin students' mental health and all this. So thank you. Thank you all very much. And so, um, We'll then I'll move down to citizens' comments. Are there any citizens in the audience, in person or online, who would like to make a comment on an item not on tonight's agenda and falls within the committee's purview? All right. Uh, in the spirit uh, of open communication, the committee will hold public participation comments about matters uh, not related to an agenda item with the school committee's purview. Comments are limited to three minutes and must be addressed to the committee. Citizens' comments are not a debate or Q&A session. It's intended to be, uh, offer citizens an opportunity to express their opinions on issues of school committee business within the school committee purview. The community will listen to but not respond to any comments made. Uh, if you could, please state your name, address, and keep within the three minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Steve Sherlock, 13 Magnolia Drive, Franklin Matters. Reporting on Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, and Franklin.News. First of all, from the citizens' perspective, thank you for stepping up, doing what you did to get here into those seats, and I wish you all the best in terms of addressing the issues as has been already alluded to during the meeting and <clears throat> certainly in preparation for um, how to do that. Uh, another piece from the town council, if you may not have connected, uh, there has been a discussion on their goals agenda at the start of their term and then they actually brought it forward at their last council meeting, possibly looking at some charter reviews, charter changes. If that does go forward, one thing I would advocate for from my observational perspective over the last 16, 17 years is respectfully you should have nine members. The FinCom has nine members, council has nine members, you control two-thirds of the budget and you only have seven not enough people to do all the work that you're required to do. Enough said, there'll be more coming on that later. Third and most importantly is the microphone in front of you is your friend. And if you want to keep engagement and as a sometimes remote participant, if you're talking to the side, it won't get caught. If you step back and lean back, it won't get caught. It's a simple mic. And as long as your voice is within that cone, it'll catch it. You're here volunteering your time. We thoroughly appreciate that. 
We want to hear every word you say because you're doing work on our behalf. But if you don't say it so that we can hear, you might as well not be here. And we don't want that because we need more of you. So just a friendly reminder. Thank you. All right, uh, if you can just say your name, address, and keep the three minutes. I will, thank you, yeah, and thank you. I knew you were gonna do that. <laughs> um, and I'll repeat what Steve said um, about the gratitude that we have for you folks in choosing to serve um, in this volunteer position, um, where, thank you very much. Um, I was raised in the Franklin Public School System. Can you hear me? Oh, my name is Rachel Plukas. I live at 37 Acre Road in Franklin, and like I said, I was raised there um, and I'm a graduate of this school system. Um, I, uh, I'm also a public school educator, and this meeting, although it was naturally part of the agenda to hear from the high school, um, this meeting and the past town council um, has fall, in my opinion, has fallen into a habit that a lot of school systems and organizations fall into when talking about public schools, and it's focusing on the high schools rather than on the whole picture. It's much, much easier to talk about things like um, sports accomplishments and theater productions coming up. We have two individuals from the schools that are actually official members of this group. They're, um, and as an elementary school educator, and I've worked high school to elementary and preschool, um, as a teacher of younger people, um, we constantly feel pushed to the side and second thought compared to uh, places like the high school where, like I said, it's easier to frame discussions. Um, this group is wonderful because you guys have high schoolers, you have preschoolers, and everything in between. It's wonderful to have you guys representing such a broad swath, and I know that the administration of the high school um, has that broad view that, I, that we look for. However, I would again advise that this committee does not fall into a pattern that I've, I've honestly never not seen, unfortunately, which is over-focus on the high school. Um, it's a great place, lots of awesome stuff to talk to. Let's all be at Fenway Park, but let's also remember that those elementary school students um, and their accomplishments are taking just as much work out of the system. So I thank you for that. All right, and is there anyone else in the chambers or online? Seeing none. Have any uh, new business? Okay, so uh, next meeting you can expect a, a student assessment presentation from our Office of Teaching and Learning. Um, also, uh, the high school presentation was tonight. Uh, next meeting will be the Remington Middle School. We'll provide their highlight and then we'll get through just all of the schools will have an opportunity to share a highlight of what's happening um, within their schools in, in any particular at any given time, but we have a schedule for that as well. The last thing I would mention is the subcommittees. I know that we'll have to, um, to uh, through the chair, you, you'll have to discuss the subcommittees and, and individually maybe think about what you may be interested in and then let the chair know. Um, I will be sharing a calendar of when each subcommittee meets for the remainder of the year, if that's helpful, just information, and ultimately, uh, you would be communicating with the chair who would let me know who was serving on the subcommittee so you don't necessarily have to tell me but you should go through the chair on which ones you're interested in. Thank you. And then with that, I will entertain a motion to adjourn. So moved. Is there a second? Second. All those in favor? Aye. Opposed? 
All right. Thank you all very much. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.